coming to you live from BGM Pittsburgh. You're listening to the 3PL Premier League podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Mike. With me is Kev and Josh. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk some Bob Bradley. The transfer market is now open. Chelsea is the king of the world and so much more. But first, guys, we haven't talked since uh, Christmas and New Year's, so Happy New Year's to Happy both New of you. Year. Happy yes. New Year's. Yeah. Josh, did you, uh, did you guys do anything fun over the holidays? I uh, went home to Ohio, uh, saw family, got gifts, and, you know, the, the, the same old, same old. And then for our New Year's, we uh, we have a tradition where we just stay in for New Year's, so that was nice. I like Staying, that tradition. Had some friends over in, uh, for dinner, not for, like, the whole ball drop, just for dinner, and then they left, and we kind of just watched TV and watched the ball drop. And then, like uh, old people, went to bed right afterwards. <laughs> hey, you know what? I we didn't even make it to midnight. Um, honestly, we we started a quasi tradition where it was just us, like my wife and our three kids. And now Netflix has this thing where it's a fake countdown. Oh, you just yeah. sort of pull it up whenever you're ready. And uh, and I was looking forward to doing it at like nine o'clock and going to bed <laughs> after that. And then instead, my brother-in-law was like, "Hey, what are you guys doing?" And I was like, "Oh." So we went over there. We had fun, but we were still home by. 10 30 we did the fake ball drop with the kids and, oh, yeah, yeah. and then we we bailed and yeah is, is it still a thing where so when i remember when i was a kid when when the ball dropped you would go outside and like bang pots and pans and yell or something like that for yeah, like that kids too. would do that is that a thing still like do kids still do that i i remember like we did that kevin and i did that growing up like my mom was like take the pots and go do that the kids we that's a tradition we haven't really passed on to our kids. So there may be people that still do that. Um, we just, we didn't. As an adult, was... the pots and pans that we have, I feel like those are way too expensive to bang around. Like, <laughs> don't even think about that. No. Uh, you can go outside and yell, I guess. But <laughs> uh, Josh, did you get anything good for Christmas? Yeah, I got some board games. Uh, so I'm starting a, probably going to start a monthly, you know, uh, board game night now. Since I have a good stock now. Uh, Imperial Salt, a Star Wars game. And Catan. So yeah, nice. Um, Kev, did you uh, did you make any New Year's resolutions? No, I'm always very bah humbuggy against New Year's resolutions because I'm always like, look, if you want to change your life, like you don't necessarily need a time date to do it. Just make the change, kind of thing. Um, but but no, I mean it's you know, <laughs> but, I know right? It's such a sour. I'm such a just sour be better, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, it's standard stuff. I mean, it, it's been it's been a kind of crazy past couple months with we just moved apartments a couple months ago and settling in and then the traveling back and forth for Thanksgiving and, and Christmas uh, to Pittsburgh. So just kind of getting back to normal ways, um, but uh, not, not, nothing too special. I, I did. I, I'm super excited. So I'm, I'm sad because of the Liverpool result, which we'll talk about, but I'm excited because we, we got a couch today, which like. Oh my gosh! Because um, we've been because we have one chair and like the cat just kind of goes crazy with it, and so like we're <laughs> what? I, I don't know what that means. Well, uh, I mean, okay, so yeah, going crazy with. I mean, like we'll we'll be sitting there, but then he'll kind of just he'll jump up on the chair and not really want to sit on your lap. So then you kind of have to share it, and sometimes it's just not very comfortable. So. Finally, you're like, fine, just take the chair, and you end up sitting on the ground. <laughs> and it's just, you know, Sounds he like looks all happy. This cat rules the house. I, I feel yeah. like <laughs> yeah. you're bigger than the cat, right? Like, <laughs> you have some weight on it. You can probably take the cat. <laughs> but but even but even still, so like, say if I'm sitting in the chair, then Riley can't, or if Riley's sitting in the chair, then like I. Can. So it's it's just been really nice. Now we have a couch, and uh, we just got that today. And did uh, you go like IKEA, or did you like actually get like a couch, like? A real couch. Yeah, no, so <laughs> like was, a, re- a real people's couch. <laughs> you know, an adult couch or an Ikea couch. I had an Ikea couch for the longest time. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's an Ikea couch. Although we didn't, I mean, there's not an Ikea around Knoxville. Um, so we actually got it shipped, um, which it, it took a while. And, and it goes to this kind of third-party shipping company, and they and they finally brought it up and all that kind of stuff. But It's like a black market Ikea couch, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You live in an apartment, though, still. So, I mean, I feel like a, Ikea furniture, when you're still in an apartment, is perfectly acceptable because you have to get that upstairs and stuff like that like you want it yeah. in parts. you don't want it in one part no. <laughs> no totally not no i mean like i've heard stories of like you know our other brother lives in new york and and like i think they got like a big sleeper couch or something like that that's just super heavy and doesn't come apart and yeah it's gonna be nuts i mean like, we know we're not staying in this apartment forever so there's no yeah, reason to definitely. do that but, but yeah kevin's also happy because uh for christmas my wife got me a long sleeve Catinho jersey. Oh, yes. So. <laughs> yes. 
Really? Yeah. Not, yeah. Not, yeah. 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 I'm not. That's I'm good. not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. You know, I am a Spurs fan, but I, I, I do think that the red Liverpool jerseys are probably the best looking what, kits actually, in, what, the, in the league. What, like, why? Why did Susan get you the? The Coutinho the jersey? jersey. Did Did you ask for a Liverpool Coutinho jersey, or was I think she it, like, eh. I think at one point when I was like on the fence about what team I was going to support, I was like, I kind of like Liverpool's jerseys. You know, we're going to be talking about them a lot on the pod anyway. So even if they don't end up being my team, like I wouldn't mind having a jersey. I mean, let's be honest, they're obnoxiously loud jerseys. I mean, it, it really just—if <laughs> you want people to that look at me, look at me. You get a Liverpool jersey, you know, like everyone else. But I, if you want a calm, relaxing jersey, you, you get an Everton jersey. It's nice blue. And, you know, it's just like how they play. It's just like how they play. <laughs> calm, relaxing, <laughs> oh. not exciting at all (laughs) (laughs) all right well let's let's talk a little bit about about uh about the soccer here so one thing to note um a bit of a format change there were so many games going on over the past few weeks that it's not really worth recapping individual games especially since there's a ton of other podcasts out there that do exactly that so instead we're going to try to discuss broader topics affecting the premier league as a whole um, and we're going to play with this format for a little bit. We'll see how it works out. If there are specific topics or articles that you read and you'd like us to discuss in the future, let us know on Twitter at 3PLpod, or you can email us at 3PL at BGN.FM. So the first topic that a lot of people have already talked about, but uh, you know we haven't discussed it yet, is Bob Bradley um, was fired uh, from Swansea after basically 11 games. Um, the team scored 15 goals, but let in 29 during his time there. A lot of, you know, back and forth in terms of was this the case of Bob Bradley just wasn't good enough? Was this the case of Swansea is just a total mess? Kev, I'll lead off with you. What's your take on this? I mean, yeah, I've been hearing a lot of people say, yeah, it's the right thing to do. It was expected, blah, blah, blah. I, I was a bit shocked because it's, I mean, 11 weeks is not a long time. It's, I mean, it's, he, he doesn't live there, so he's still settling into the place. The players are still getting to know him, let alone trying to adapt his tactics and his philosophies. I mean, that, that's not a long time to, to kind of put your, put your mark on how the team plays. The team is in a good place to begin with. Um, and so, so to say uh, you're not cutting it after 11 games, I mean, he, he's not able to bring it in anyone of his like of his players to you know externally um so i i was a bit shocked um to see that it went that early um i mean that being said obviously the record his record isn't great there um and and the only kind of not not logical reasoning that i've heard but um like sensible reason is they don't necessarily want to give a january transfer window to someone they don't necessarily believe in um, which I get. I mean, if, if they have someone else lined up, then yeah, it, it'd be nice to give them their January transfer window and have them at least the opportunity to bring in players. But I, I, I was shocked that, it, that the trigger was pulled this quickly. I mean, and I've heard, you know, it, my guess is it's not just to do with the results. Um, I don't know. I, I could, this is hearsay, and maybe you guys can comment on it further, but apparently there was just certain, like, English-type language and culture that he didn't necessarily latch on to being an American like a, a small thing in a press conference apparently he called like uh, a, a PK a PK instead of calling it a pen or something like that and all the English media are like what like what's a PK kind of thing. and so they just like didn't kind of like you know clashed with it in that sense and so and with the American owners people are going to be skeptical to begin with but yeah I mean I I, I, I was a bit shocked Josh, what did what you take away? I mean, I was shocked, but at the same time, I I don't necessarily think it was the wrong decision. I know that that's not a lot of games, but when you're facing relegation, it, it kind of is because they don't have much time to right that ship. So you either act now before the transfer window or you wait until after it, and then you're even more in the hole because a guy who's no longer there has built a team that the new guy has to deal with instead of having an opportunity to actually bring in the players he wants. Um, also with that in mind, I, I, I think the whole pin versus PK, like all that kind of stuff, I, I feel like that was more just the English press trying to make a story out of something. But what I do think is there could be more going on in the locker room and as far as respect goes towards him, as far as people, the way he's been treated with the fans in general and just just the negativity around him. Um, not saying that's his fault, but that does 
come into play. I mean, if if he's dealing with that and the team's dealing with that, then they they're not focused on winning games like they should be. So it kind of makes sense that you know you get that drama out of the locker room. I mean, yeah. is, is that more of him being penalized for being an American, or do you think that's more of his? style that's where the negativity came from no i i feel like it is so it's less about just him being american but also about him being an unproven coach as far as premier leagues or even any english leagues really um also being the fact that we have american owners there so it, it it's not just that he's an american like i feel like if he would have came in at a different club at the beginning of the season there, there would have been a little bit more opportunity here but since there's all this other stuff that was already kind of boiling uh, up from the American owners, it, it makes sense that they're just like, let's let's just not make this an issue anymore. Let's try to focus on not getting relegated. Um, personally, I would have liked to see him give him more time, but I completely understand why they didn't. And he wasn't getting the results. I mean, that's just the truth of the matter. So, But, I mean, I guess my thoughts on it are I don't think he was given enough time. And I think that if you're going to bring in a new manager, you can't expect, you know, unless you're paying the price for somebody like a Pep or a Mourinho, you can't expect there to be a turnaround the next day. Like, it's got to take time. And this is not his system. It's not his players. They're bringing him in midseason and saying, hey, try to right the ship. And they basically don't even give him to the transfer window. Now, I totally get the idea of if you don't have faith in somebody, then don't, um, you know, let them go into the transfer window. But at the, ta- at the same time, did their faith drastically change in those 11 weeks? Like, did, did you learn anything about Bob Bradley in those 11 weeks that you didn't learn when you were vetting him in the first place to bring him in? I mean, th- those, those swings that he had, those, you know four points or four goal deficit like those are huge huge swings for that team as far as how many goals were being let in it wasn't like they were barely hanging on and losing there was a lot of games there where they just completely got massacred i mean it's it it becomes i feel like not only a situation where you you have to give the coach time but also you have to write the ship as far as the perception of your club goes and the fact that they were losing so badly and it was causing so much drama within, you know, the support that you, you kind of had to do something, even if it isn't yeah. necessarily fair towards Bradley. Yeah, Josh, I mean, it, to, to kind of reemphasize your point of just how badly they were losing. I mean, they lose 3-0 to Bournemouth. They, they lose 4-1 to West Ham, 3-0 to Middlesbrough. Um, five nil to Tottenham. I mean, you know, th- there's there's not just losses in there. They're, those are big losses. Um, and that's not like we're talking Chelsea or Man yeah. City. Like these aren't the top of the top teams that they're losing so drastically to. These are exactly t- mm-hmm. teams they should be competing with and not getting tra- trampled by. Now, Kev, just to correct you real quick, the the loss, the four to one loss to West Ham and the three nothing loss to Bournemouth were after Bradley got canned. Oh, really? I guess that my question is: is do you? <laughs> Do you really Whoops. think? Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Do you, do you really think that that by f- do you think that the management at Swansea thinks that replacing Bob Bradley is actually going to fix the problems that are going on with the club? I mean, it's. I think I, I think very few managers. There are very few managers out there who can come in and make and and almost solve 99% of the problems at Swansea. I th- I think, you know, it, personality people like Klopp can can go a long way for them. I mean, because Josh you mentioned as far as like locker room problems with with Bradley. I mean, yeah, it's you usually see kind of a bump when you get a new manager in. They want to prove themselves for this manager. They they play hard for this new guy and all this other stuff. And 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 the kind of losses that they were getting. I mean, it it seems like the players just didn't buy into Bradley and so but as far as what Mike so you're asking if a new manager can come in and actually solve all the problems no I mean there's as far as how they're being run and the players that they're kind of losing out especially this past transfer window and things like that and and the philosophies I mean we, we talked about it before where they went through a long period of of hiring really sensible managers that were all um, kind of buying into the same philosophy. I mean, it, I, I I can't name you the names, but as far as playing a certain way, they all kind of subscribe to that. And so everything's kind of worked from from their academy upwards to the first team. Everyone kind of knew what a Swansea team was. And, and, 
and they, they made some changes and they just keep kind of veering off that road more and more. And, uh, that kind of has a big knock on effect, I think, as far as how your academies run, how your backs, how your backroom staff kind of feels about being there. Um, and, and how your fans now get on, get on with everything. And so, no, I mean, in, unless they can get <laughs> a crazy, you know, a crazy hire, a crazy good hire. No, I mean, a new manager isn't going to fix everything. I, I think right now they're just going to want to stay up. And, and the, so they're going to try to find someone who, who can kind of keep them up. I, you know, Alderdice goes to Crystal Palace. He's great at that kind of thing. Um, but so I, I don't know what kind of manager they're looking for. I, I hope they have, have they hired someone for like, it, like, a temp, like not, and not just a temporary manager, like a permanent manager. I think that they have Alan Curtis in there as a, I forget the of. word that they used, um, sort of like overseeing manager of the club. I, I, whether or not that's temporary or not, I don't know. So, I mean, if, if they if they kind of did this without at least, you know, not just a hunch of a manager they might want, then I think that would be very irresponsible of them. I, I would expect them to look for hiring someone new very, very, very soon, especially because the transfer window is open. Um. To the question, I, I I kind of feel like it's not so much do they think a manager can come in and fix everything uh, or that Bradley was the big issue, but I feel like the better question is will this actually make it worse? And I think the answer is no. So if it's not going to make it worse and can only make it better, if anything, then why not take that chance? Because if they're already losing and they're looking so dour, they don't have anything to lose at this point by trying to get a new uh, manager. Now, are you are you saying that? Um, and just this is sort of rephrasing your question. Are you saying that you think that um, that nobody could be worse than Bob Bradley, or are you saying that Swansea is already at rock bottom, so there's nowhere else to go than up? Because those are two sort of yeah. Okay, ways. yeah. I'm not saying no one's worse than Bob Bradley. I'm saying that they're already at rock bottom. So even if this new manager doesn't write the ship or, you know, isn't a drastic change and, you know, they get saved. It didn't look like that was going to happen anyway. So it's kind of like, you know, you roll the dice, you hope for a win. If you don't get one, you didn't lose anything because you were already at the bottom. Yeah. So let me ask you this before we sort of move on to the next topic here. Um, the the first American manager got 11 weeks <laughs> with the worst team in the Premier League and then got canned. What is the path for an American manager in the future? Is there a path? How long before we actually see another American manager in the Premier League? I don't want to say if ever, but like obviously this didn't work, and Bob Bradley will probably never coach in the Premier League again. Do you guys see a better situation for how somebody could work their way in? I do. I mean, you get promoted into the Premier League. You start out champion. You know what I mean? Like you. I would like to see that happen more just because then they can say, look, he earned it. He's in the Premier League. It's, it's, it kind of seems silly to think like, you know, he, the, you know, they have to sneak in like that. But I, I do feel like that would go a long ways to being like he worked his way up, or, you know, in the Champions League. And then he got into the Premier League. So well, pro- prove yourself with the fans, with the club in the lower division. Yes. And then when they move up, you're in. Okay. Kev, what were you going to say? And, and even I was going to add, like, do you guys think, and I, we probably answered this previously, but looking back now that, the, you know, the story's done, do you think he actually deserved that job coming in when, when, when he first came into it? Because, I mean, it's, you know, I, I'm not saying he's a bad manager, but it, you you look at his past resume i mean it's not it's not incredible right i mean like the current middlesbrough manager correct me if i'm wrong was the assistant coach to Mourinho in real madrid you know what i mean like he was at the top of the top of european clubs right next to one of the best managers in the world and he's managing at middlesbrough right now and so yeah. i mean I, I guess that my only argument i i agree with you whether or not he was well sued i mean bob bradley Obviously, he coached the U.S. men's national team. He went off and coached the Egypt national team. He's sort of cut his teeth on a number of these lower division teams. But at the same time, when you compare some of the discussions that are going on in the Premier League, you know, a lot of people were trying to peg Thierry Henry to be the next coach at Arsenal. And you have a lot of these cases <laughs> yeah, where you have players. Never happen, though. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's, it's not going to happen. 
Although what like Zidane now is is doing pretty well at Real Madrid, right? <laughs> so, I mean, but you have these situations where you have players that are basically out of the game for five six years, and they just sort of sit and watch other coaches, and all of a sudden they're now coaches, and that seems to be, I don't want to say widely accepted, but I think that people would be like, okay. Um, you know, Frank Lampard comes and wants to coach Chelsea, obviously not now, but like say that that happens in a few years or for whatever reason, I think people would be like, yes, that's what we want because there's that tie to him and the team. Whereas if you were to compare his resume to something like Bob Bradley's, who would be more qualified, but within the English press, I don't know. They, I mean, cause I, I think we, we've seen this argument happening with Ryan Giggs at United. I mean, he's wanted that job so bad. Yeah. I mean, after, um, uh, Moyes left. I'm pretty sure Giggs was there and wanted it. They bring in Van Gaal. He hangs around for the Van Gaal era. <laughs> Van Gaal leaves. He wants it so bad, and they bring in Mourinho. I mean, so I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I think the one thing those kind of players have an advantage in is like they know the Premier League through and through. They've played in it. They watch it all the time, and and they understand the English game and on, and all that kind of stuff. Not only that, though, they also have the apprenticeship. You know what I mean? Like right. they yeah. they yeah. trained under the head coach for years and years and years, and they get that kind of they get vetted almost, and they they get the training, and so they are better better suited. I think an outsider is because well, and, they and they like know they, they get the club too. I mean, like what Giggs spent his entire year his entire career at United. Um, you know, Thierry Henry. Maybe, what, I, I don't know how long he spent in Arsenal, but probably not that long, actually. So maybe he's a bad example. But, like, Lampard mm-hmm. um, at Chelsea, Gerard at, at Liverpool. You know, they, So as far as, like, maybe, you know, going back to the Bob Bradley at Swansea thing, not maybe really understanding the club. I mean, you know, we, we're, we're all, like, Riverhounds River fans. And, and to, to have, I don't know, like, you kind of get what I'm saying as far I as, like... I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, like having, a man, like, having a manager come in, not only understand the club, understand the city, understand the fan base, understand what it's all about, what they want to see, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's The important. philosophy of the team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, so last question on this. Uh, Josh, we'll start with you. Does Swansea get relegated this year? Yes. Uh, I pretty much have no doubt. <laughs> Kev? Yeah. I mean, it's weird. I mean, it, because, like... Lorente's Lorente's a good striker. Obviously, he's experienced. Sigurdsson's a very good player. I don't like. But, I I can't see players like that being in a team that's relegated. But, but I, hold on, yeah, hold on. No. I got into this argument. It wasn't really an argument. It was a discussion on Twitter. Do you think Sigurdsson makes Liverpool's bench or Chelsea's bench? I, I think he makes Liverpool's bench. I mean, especially. I mean, to be, we had like. We have 17 and 18 year olds on our bench now. Granted, that's due to injury and, and all that kind of stuff. Coutinho is out, and, and Sturridge was out at the time, and, and all that kind of stuff. But we still do have situations where we have a lot of young players on the bench. I think Sigurdsson's a good player, and I think the fact that Tottenham are kind of making, you know, rumors about potentially being interested in, in, in that kind of stuff, um, I, I, I think he, I think he makes the bench. But it's yeah, he doesn't make the starting eleven. But no, yeah. Yeah, I would say I'm going to say 95% chance Swansea get relegated. I think that just this decision, while I, you know, we've we've discussed it at length, I think that it shows a lack of um, stability. It shows a lack of uh, good decision making in terms of the front office, and I don't think that that is going to change with any new manager that they bring in. I think they just need to figure some stuff out. They've been selling off players for years, um, and it's just, yeah. They, Which they sometimes they don't out. have – a club like that doesn't have control over. I'm sure they're not like, hey, let's sell all of our best players every year. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But, yeah. So, so yeah, they will uh, – uh, uh, Swansea travel to Crystal Palace tomorrow. Depending on when you're listening to this, it could be today. It's Tuesday. And they will face Arsenal on Saturday. So it could get much worse for them before it gets better. Uh, let's change topics from the bottom of the table to the top of the table. Chelsea now sit five points clear at the top with 49 points. They have a game in hand. They don't play until Wednesday. The interesting thing is they haven't, well, for, not only have they not lost since September, but they've now won 13 consecutive games, which makes them tied for the league record with the 01 
2002 Arsenal team. I was thinking that that Arsenal team was the one that went undefeated. It's not. Um, they actually did it from games 26 through 38. The perfect season team was from 03 to 04. So um, do we think that anybody is going to trip up Chelsea at this point? Well, I mean, they're going to lose. Like they're not gonna, they're not gonna keep, they're not gonna finish the season. Are winning. they? No, absolutely. I will, I will bet my job and all my savings and all everything that Chelsea, okay. Chelsea will will lose a game. So for, so for, hold on. I I looked ahead here. I looked because I knew this was gonna come up. So they face <laughs> Spurs on Wednesday. All right, Spurs are currently in fifth. Um, their next challenge will be Liverpool on January 31st, which that game is going to be huge because that's a six-point swing. Then they'll get Arsenal on February 4th. So those are three big teams there. After that, the only other games that they have against top six teams is April 5th. They'll be playing City at Stamford Bridge. And on April 15th, they'll get Man United. That's it. So they basically have four real challenges from top top six teams between now and the end of the season. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like if you look at Liverpool, I mean, we're dropping points against teams. You wouldn't expect us to drop points with. I think, I think that happens to every top team every season. There's always a, how did they lose that? Or how did they tie that? And I think that's what I'm expecting. I'm there. And I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm so they can, Points can be taken off of them in any game. I'm still convinced. Um, I mean, and this is just, I mean, they're just 49 points. I mean, if they, if they continue that pace, that's a 98-point season. That's ridiculous. I mean, so they're just, I, I, I listen to uh, the Enfield rap a lot, and, and they talk about, a lot about Liverpool stuff. And one of the, one of the uh, contributors mentioned this line of how right now Chelsea are just kind of distorting everything. I mean, it's... You know, we'll get onto the Liverpool result in a bit, but you know, the reason why we're so downhearted about the Sunderland result is just because of, of where Chelsea is. I mean, the, you know, we're as a point total and where we're at in the season, it's pretty good. But Chelsea are just so far ridiculously ahead in this in this run that of thirteen games that they've had that it's just distorting everyone's perspective and opinion on everything. And I, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Leicester won last season, so who am I to say they're going to lose a game? But I, I feel like they they have to, right? They have well, to. So, so okay, they let's not say that they're not going to lose a game, all right? Because I agree. I think they're gonna they're gonna drop some points here and there. But here's my question for you, as sort of our resident Liverpool diehard. Liverpool currently sits five points back, um, although Chelsea have a game in hand. So Liverpool yeah. already played this game week. Chelsea played so on really Wednesday. probably eight if they if they. You're assuming they're going to beat Spurs. Just hold your horses there, (laughs) all right, Chief? But, so, we already mentioned that that Chelsea have really four matches against top six teams. Liverpool sitting five points back. They still have United at Old Trafford. They have Chelsea at Anfield, Spurs at Anfield, Arsenal at Anfield, City at the Etihad, and Everton at Anfield, which Everton are not currently a top six team, but that's a derby match. You can't discount that. Sure. Otherwise... Their schedule looks similar to Chelsea. So that's, what, six games um, that are going to be tightly contested? But I, you... I think those the, the big thing is, what, four out of those six are at Anfield. I mean, and I think that's the biggest thing. We, I don't, we, didn't, we didn't lose at Anfield in 2016, I think. I mean, and we've been, we've been, we've just been really good at, at, at Anfield, and I would expect that to continue. Um, so I'm, I'm not too worried about... Uh, Liverpool's form um, at Anfield. Uh, so yeah, no, the big games are going to be United at Stamford Bridge and City. Um, and so, but I don't know. I, it, it's tough for me to even look that far ahead. Um, it's it's tough to even kind of plan against. You know, it's you almost kind of have to forget about what Chelsea are going to do and just kind of play your game because yeah, right now I mean you we could win the rest of our games and if Chelsea win the rest of their games then tough luck you know we we don't win or, or, or that's for any team by the way it's city arsenal whatever so it's i don't know i i still think and i i haven't looked either i'm i'm, I'm hoping that they Chelsea still have some pretty tough aways i mean you know, 
Middlesbrough and Burnley are tough places to go and, and kind of make sure you pick up points. Uh, you know, they've, they've, those two teams, as well as other teams in the bottom half of the table, have shown that they can be really difficult to beat um, and win their home. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, what do you think? I mean, do you, how, how do you think Chelsea kind of kick on? I mean, do, 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 especially in the Tottenham game. I mean, so you're, you, know, you being the Tottenham fan, and Tottenham seems to be going on a pretty decent run right now. Well, I mean, ever since Kane, well, Kane came back and he sort of had a sluggish start, but since he's rounded into form a little bit, we're going to get into this in a minute. In terms, of, they basically scored eight goals in the past two games, which is a which is a pretty big positive um, for them. I'm going to predict that because it's at White Hart Lane, I think that Spurs have a chance to at least pick up a point, potentially all three. Um, against Chelsea, I'm worried they're just going to beat the crap out of each other. Um, so we'll see. I mean, the, I think that I think that Chelsea's biggest test is going to be Spurs and um, Liverpool. I think that Liverpool game is going to be massive, especially because it's at Anfield. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Um, and I think I don't know. My guess is what Chelsea probably only lost one game, and that was against Liverpool at, at Stamford Bridge. They lost to Arsenal back in September. Okay. Um, that was their last loss. And then okay. the other one was to Liverpool before that. So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, those are going to be two big games for them. So, so let me ask you this. As, a, as an optimistic Liverpool fan. Indeed. Does Liverpool catch them at the end I, of the season? I mean, it's impossible to tell. And, and I, I think that. No, 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 no. I'm asking you. No. In your gut, is it yes or no? Optimistically, and then I'll ask you realistically. It's dead air, right? I mean, this is great for podcasts. Um, no, I mean, I, it's. I, I still think, and I'll answer your question. Just let me explain. Um, I think the unfortunate part is it's. It's even mathematically, this is a factual statement, but it, it's up to Chelsea. I mean, I think. I think we'll have a very strong second half of the season. I'm, I'm not worried about that at all. Um, even with Mane going, we'll get Coutinho back soon. You know, we've dealt really well with Coutinho not being in the squad. I think we've shown at least some depth uh, in our squad and, and our you know ability to, to beat teams when we're not at our best. Um, I, I have I have a lot of confidence that we'll have a very similar second half of the season than we did in the first half of the season, which point total wise would be great and then it's really just up to if if Chelsea continue this ridiculous run of form they're on um yeah I know I I I, I think we could yeah I, I think we'll finish the season I'm so non-committal here I think we'll finish the season ahead of Chelsea that doesn't necessarily mean I think we're going to win the league because um, I think Arsenal and City are still very uh very strong sides as well I just feel like that the, the the point total that both Arsenal and City are now chasing is just going to be too much. I think that Liverpool and Chelsea won't slip enough. So uh, City, I mean, it's eighteen games, right? I mean, that's still yeah. a long. I don't know. It's it's away. there's we're, a we're lot that can happen. There's a lot that can happen. So Chelsea's sitting on forty nine points. I'm going to guess that after Wednesday's game, they'll be at fifty. Um, if that game ends up a draw. So then for City, that's eight points they have to make up. Arsenal, that's ten points they have to make up. And for Liverpool, it will be six points that they have to make up just to draw even. So, um, so optimistically, you think they're they're gonna head they're gonna end up ahead of Chelsea. I think just everything I've seen from like Liverpool interviews and everything, it seems like the players and the manager are in a really good place, like mentally. You know, they'll get asked the questions of, "Can you catch Chelsea? Can you catch Chelsea?" And almost every time, they're like, "Look, we know you. You keep answering asking this question." We're really not that bothered with it. All you know, we're just going to keep working and doing our job and and picking up points where we can. And that's that's and and, and I don't know. This is cheesy, but you know, you look into their eyes, and I I believe it. Like I I don't think it's one of those things they just say for a camera. It seems like they actually buy into this whole. No, like we're just we're gonna we're gonna work and we're doing our job, and all we can do is win three points every every week, and that's what we're gonna do. And and I I think the biggest thing that Liverpool has gone against them in the past is the kind of confidence and um, self-belief it's 
they have the talent. It's just, you know, mentally, can you can you put together a title winning season? That's a tough thing to do. And more and more, I've been thinking about this where I think having, you know, you, you hear other people say this all the time, having like, quote unquote, winners in your team, I think matters a lot. You, you, can, you can go up against a team that you match technically um, in a very similar way, but having just having people who have been there, done it, and won throughout their career, it gives them that some kind of something extra, that, that self-belief, that self-confidence that usually ticks them over. I mean, like, I know you've played sports when you were younger. I've played sports when I was younger. You, when you go kind of traveling around and you face these other teams, you, know, you might look at them warming up and, and say, like, well, they're not that great. But, like, they carry this confidence and swagger with them where they're like, they just win. And, and, that's, and I think that's, that's something that Klopp's starting to turn around with Liverpool. I, I think the players are actually believing, like, no, we can, we can do this. And the thing that scares me with Chelsea is they, they did do it two seasons ago. So they have winners in their squad. And so that's, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough for them to slip up. But I, I think they will. So, so jury's still sort of out on Chelsea. We'll see whether or not they can actually take the sole possession of the most consecutive wins on Wednesday. Um, so, uh, so yeah, we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll see how that plays out. We actually lost Josh; uh, his internet completely gone. So uh, we're gonna. <laughs> I was we're, wondering we're, when we would address that. I was yes, gonna see if yeah. he, he he's dropped off back conversation here, but he sent me a text and he said, "Power on without me." Um, he's gonna send us his file, so. Um, everyone can still get this. So when was the last time it's just you and me, Mike? This is weird. This is very weird. Um, it feels way too casual. So what we're going to do next <laughs> is because there were so many games, um, and because you know we each sort of have our own teams that we like to follow. I thought we could just go through really quickly and just recap how our teams did over the past two weeks since we last talked. So Kev, you can talk a little bit about Liverpool. I'll talk a little bit about Everton for Josh, and then I'll talk a little bit about Spurs, and then uh, we'll wrap things up here with just a little bit of fantasy, and that'll be it. So Kev, uh, just let everybody know how have things played out and what are your thoughts on how Liverpool play, uh, played over the past two weeks? Yeah, I mean, so what? since we last did the podcast, um, we had Stoke, City, and Sunderland. Um, starting off very quickly, I mean, the Stoke game, we win 4-1. And I was, yeah, I was really impressed and happy with, with that result because we weren't nearly at our best and we still went 4-1. I mean, I, I, you know, Mark Hughes comes out and says, the manager of uh, Stoke says that, you know, that he actually thinks like a lot of teams will come to Anfield and kind of replicate what they did in, in the first 20 minutes because he thought it worked well. To a certain extent, he's right. I mean, they put kind of two bigger guys um, up, up against our center backs hit long diagonals and have Joe Allen kind of read where the second ball is going to be and just pick it up and, and kind of get out of the the Liverpool press and the clock press in that in that way by going direct. In that sense, I, I think it worked, and, and Stoke arguably could have been 2-0 up. Um, but to, to, for us to be able to kind of turn around, keep calm, keep our cool, and come back and score four goals and, and win 4-1 was a huge result for us. The City game, I wish we had more time to talk about it because I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Um, Liverpool win 1-0. Uh, and uh, but from an early goal, eight minutes, um, eight minutes in, Wijnaldum uh, heads the ball, a beautiful headed goal, um, great cross from Lallana, great cross from Lallana, and and it's just a, a wonderfully headed goal um, from from Wijnaldum. And tactically, I I think it was amazing. Um, the fact that Klopp drops Origi for another man in the midfield with Sean. Um, and and everything was just kind of so tight and compact. City dominate possession, but I, I heard a stat that Aguero didn't have a single touch in our 18-yard box. I mean, so they didn't they didn't really create chances. I think Liverpool probably, you know, Firmino was off, or Firmino makes a bad touch in, in one time where he could have been in one-on-one, and um, Lolana was kind of through, but Firmino just delays the pass a bit, so he goes off sides. I, even though City, I think, have the dominant possession, then they're probably, they have a a good long spell of, of pressure build up on Liverpool. It was it was a great grinded out one nil result. And then yeah, the Sunderland result two two just happened this morning, right? Yeah. Jeez, yeah, these games are coming so quick. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it's I'm not it it hurt at first. I feel a little bit better now um, because once again, uh, you know, using the words from from the guys at the Anfield rep. Chelsea are just distorting everything right now. I think if you look back on the broader picture over the run that we've been on 
and look at our point total up in this uh, up in this part of the season. I mean, you know, for a long time it was always win your home games, draw your away games, and you put yourself in a really good position. I mean, that's we're doing that and better, and we're still thinking crap. Like you know, Chelsea are just so everyone's so afraid to drop points because of what Chelsea are doing right now. And I think that's what kind of played into the city result too, as well. I, I think both Liverpool and city knew we like, we can't a, we can't lose this and B a draw probably isn't good enough either. Like we, we can't be draw falling behind this much from, from Chelsea. So it kind of, it puts everything on edge and, and all this other stuff realist. I mean, yeah. And, and how, you know, suddenly get two penalties. This, yeah, the second one was a handball, but it wasn't a foul that led up to the handball and, and all this other stuff. So extremely frustrating. I haven't seen Klopp that frustrated in a post-match interview, like ever. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, you know, yeah. I, I, hats up to Sunderland, though. They, they, wor- they worked really hard, and I was impressed at how much energy they had. But yeah, so what? Three games, uh, two wins and a draw, and uh, move on to United. Yeah, that's going to be another massive game that's coming up this Saturday at Old Trafford. Uh, yeah. I'll talk a little bit about Everton for Josh. Um, actually, I'll run through both Everton and Spurs quickly just because we're we're running out of time here. But uh, So in terms of Everton, they beat Leicester 2-0, then they drew 2-2 to Hull. Uh, Josh specifically mentioned that uh, that game left a bad taste in his mouth. It never really felt like Everton were in it. They were lucky to get the point. I remember talking to him that day, and he was just like, ugh, he was so downtrodden <laughs> about the whole thing about the performance in general yeah so um but you know kudos to everton they were able to turn around and they beat southampton three nothing earlier today and we've said this before southampton are not a pushover team like they're they're a good squad this year so uh specifically josh called out davis said look good all over and uh he was glad to see valencia make such a difference when he came on next up they will face city on saturday at goodison park um, I remember we talked about the last time that they played, which was October 15th. And uh, when we mentioned it, Josh was like, oh, I don't want to talk about that game because we're going to get crushed. And Everton eked out the 1-1 draw um, at the Etihad. So the fact that they're going to be at Goodison Park, this is going to be an interesting game. Kev, as sort of, uh, you know, I don't want to say innocent bystander in this. I don't know what the right word is. You're, you're just sort of joy yeah. watching it you ha- you don't have a yeah. horse in it it's just how do you how do you think that game shakes out do you think Everton have a chance against City at this point I think they have a chance I, I was I was impressed at the atmosphere um when Liverpool went and, and played there I mean you know obviously I'm watching on TV so it's distorted but um no I mean it, it, yeah I mean I think Chelsea I mean not Chelsea City are going through this crazy run of games that everyone else is going through right now um, they're tired legs. What Fernandinho gets another red card today, so he's yeah. not going to be in for that game. Which is, I mean, he's a huge player for them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, after Everton turning around and, and getting a three 0 win against Southampton, I yeah no, I mean, and, and I think it's easy to forget that Kuman's a good manager, and so he'll. I, I think he'll be ready for this one. Um, they, they did. They did a good job against us, and I would expect them to do the same same against city there, um, so i i wouldn't be surprised a, really by any result there's a great interview that uh, roger bennett did with pep guardiola i heard parts of it on their podcast i want to go watch it i believe it's available on the nbc sports app um just picking his brain and and really you know a lot of people are just saying that uh that as as any manager coming in the premier league you just need time you need time to figure it out and pep is i think is a learning a lot about himself and about the Premier League and his team during this stretch of just so many games um, and he himself said that where it's it, he knew that it wasn't going to be something right away and if it was right away he wouldn't have taken the position he wants yeah. to learn something and have the challenge and um, he gives himself <laughs> yeah he, he gives himself like I think he said three to four years and then he said he's done he's retiring he's walking you'll never see him again like he said he hates seriously seriously he said he kept saying except for on the golf course like he said he's He's done. He 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 hates That's doing sad. he hates doing the um, anything related to the press. He said, but he loves watching games. He loves working with the teams, and he loves challenging himself. So he goes in. He's gonna try to turn the club and and you know win something here over the next few years, and then that's it. He's walking away. Um, and really, Jeez. he was only he was only at Barcelona for a few years, and he was at Bayern for what two two or three years. Yeah. So yeah, this is just sort of his mo. He'll be this you know this. This thing in history kind of, that yeah. just sort of pops up in different places and then he's gone. It's he's like this mystical being. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. That'll be a good game to watch. 
this Saturday as well. Lots of good games this Saturday. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap up here with Spurs. Uh, Spurs had a good um, two weeks thus far. They only played two games. We mentioned they have Chelsea coming up on Wednesday. They beat Southampton 4-1 to on uh, December 28th and then beat Watford 4-1 to on New Year's Day. Honestly, I watched most of the Watford game, and for the first half most of the first half it didn't it looked like they were equal teams and then just towards the end everything just started clicking for Spurs and they just started ripping goals in um without abandon over those two games Kane had three goals Deli Alley had four uh we talked about how dangerous we thought this team could become if they start finding their scoring touch because their defense has been so solid now it'll just be interesting to see if they can do it against a team like Chelsea who's been so defensively stout um, they're currently. Yeah, I'm, I'm fifth. really looking forward to that game. It's gonna be yeah, huge. Yeah, that's, that's gonna be huge. So they're currently in fifth with a game on hand. With a game in hand, they're tied with United right now on 39 points. Um, as I said, I think my prediction, my my optimistic prediction for those of you who follow the the Mongols podcast where we talk about Riverhounds, I'm always too optimistic to a point. I'm gonna say two to one Spurs. <laughs> Um, I think that both teams end up with at least a goal. So I think most optimistic would be 2-1 Spurs. I think least optimistic, I'm going to say a 1-1 draw. Um, in which case, I think it would be good to see Chelsea drop some points um, and at least you know get Tottenham a, a point ahead of United in that little battle. I think that's going to be a fun one to watch the rest of the season as well, that, that last Champions League spot. And that's not to say that somebody like an Arsenal or a City could drop out of the top four. Um, but uh, I think that United is definitely coming on now. Um, and uh, could make things. which annoys me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know it. It makes it interesting. I talked about you know having yeah, having yeah. a having a having a villain and um, and well, I mean, it, and even you mentioned like you know it'd be nice to see Chelsea drop points. I mean, now obviously I'd like to see that from a Liverpool perspective, but I, my guess is from an innocent bystander perspective as well. I mean, you, you don't want to see the title wrapped up by right. February. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you want to see a, a nice title run or a nice title challenge in the final stretch of games. And so, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's just talk a, a little bit of fantasy. Not a lot. Um, one of the big things is that, so in our Mongols league, we have uh, 19 players and then we have the average um, and for whatever reason, the average is now in third place. <laughs> now the average, the, the way that works is because it's a head to head league. The average does not represent the actual average, um, on a game in game out basis. It's more or less, they take the average every week and whoever the average is playing, there's sort of one person that's playing the average, then that determines where the average is seated. But more people have lost to the average than not, which doesn't bode well for the league. But, um, yeah, I don't. One get of it. the things. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's... not the average thing. I, just, I thought I think I have a good team. I thought I have a good team, and I'm just points now, wise, I'm I'm putting up pretty decent points, but I just keep losing. You're now in 18th, Kev, dropping down the table. Yeah, it's rough. Um, the good news is that I I realized today now that the transfer window is open, our second wild card is now available. So we'll see how long it takes before one of us three play that wild card and basically reboot our entire team. Um, I I'll have some, that soon. <laughs> yeah, I, I somehow have climbed to, uh, to 13th and actually faced Josh this week. So it's a shame that he dropped off. I decided because I'm playing Josh to try to go for broke. So I actually transferred out Sanchez in the midfield and brought in Zlatan. So now I have a front line of Zlatan, Kane and Costa, which is like <laughs> it. I, there's no way I should be able to afford that. But in order to do that, my, my midfield is now basically mediocre um you know my best midfield player is Lalana, uh, and i still have milner that i started and he got me no points this week so uh yeah i need to make some moves uh, i'm looking to try to free up some space some some money so that i can bring coutinho back in once he's healthy because i see his stock going up especially with Mane leaving uh, that's yeah. going to leave a void for for points um yeah, Kev, is there anything related? Have you been watching fantasy throughout all of this chaos of games? And I mean, a bit. I, I've had my eye on it for sure, but it's no, it's been tough. I mean, because sometimes you forget that these these weeks are so close together. I mean, so what? You have a game week like on Saturday, and then another one for today for all the games yeah. and, and tomorrow, and it's just it's a quick turnaround. Sometimes you just forget that. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm eager to. I I I made some pretty good transfers last week. But uh, I don't. I don't understand. Why am I so bad? Like, I don't get it. It's. I. It's. I, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of like 
like second and third level strategy that unless you're really like reading up on it and you're constantly listening to like our buddies over at the always cheating podcast like there's just little things that you're going to miss and even as something as simple we've talked about the black magic of bonus points i was like wow kane had a really good game last week and then all of a sudden i'm like how did he end up with that many points because he ended up getting three bonus points and it was just like oh okay yeah, yeah. that's something i totally didn't account for but, yep uh, yeah so so right now josh is currently in seventh but i am beating him 47 to 18 my concern is that i got a bunch of spurs and chelsea players on my team and i have a feeling they're gonna end up beating up on each other and costing me some points but uh we'll see how that how that game shakes out um otherwise i think that's pretty much it we've talked a ton about like two or three topics so yeah and it feels like we were shallow in those and we still did what like we're coming (laughs) up on 15 minutes now so i mean that's nuts (laughs) yeah um so yeah we'll we'll see how this format keeps going we have sort of this running list of different uh premier league topics that uh that we'd like to discuss um somebody actually tossed out the idea of doing like a book club i don't know if we'll go so far as a book club but i do know there's a ton of interesting books articles um periodicals that are written related to managers related to teams clubs the history of clubs a lot of this stuff could be really interesting to talk about um and you know we could still sprinkle in some of the timely action of what's going on in the league right now so we'll we'll play with this for a few more weeks and and see how it shakes out um you know obviously we want your feedback so let us know as always on twitter at 3pl pod you can email us at 3pl at bgn.fm if you prefer to not use twitter any and all feedback is greatly appreciated um, for more great beautiful game podcasts make sure you head over to the beautiful game network at bgn.fm we've uh, we've started some preliminary discussions on uh, what uh, our mongol show is going to start to look like here this season in terms of having people on um, we have a lot of guests that we are lining up um, and it's going to be a great preseason in terms of talking to people so you definitely aren't going to want to miss that if that's where you got started um, listening to us um Everybody say a prayer for Josh. Uh, he's currently on the phone with Verizon, so who knows how that's going to shake out for him. Uh, Josh, we, we apologize. I was like, that, what uh, happened? <laughs> yeah. No, no, his internet just died. So, uh, yeah, he's he's wrestling with Verizon to get it back. Um, but, uh, Kev, you know, thanks for sticking around. Josh, thanks for the preliminary stuff. I'm sure that we will talk to you soon. Um, I felt like I was going through withdrawal not talking to you guys. Like, I was really looking yeah, forward to it. Yeah, it was weird. Woo-hoo, yeah back yeah so uh good to but we will be back that's right we'll be back with another pod next week which means as always we'll be talking to you very very soon cheers i'll pretend to be josh later later <laughs> this is the 3pl premier league podcast brought to you by the beautiful game network find more great football soccer beautiful game podcasts at bgn.fm